Hello there, and welcome back to the Senate Podcast. We're on episode, I think we're on episode five. That's what it says, and this should go out as episode five. We're going to piggyback off of kind of what we've been talking about the last few weeks, which is Pokemon. Today, I have a special guest with me, Corey, gotta catch them all, Kaufman. That's going to be your name today. What's up? It's Corey, a.k.a. Chubbs, a.k.a. Chubbs Cards and Collectibles. I have a lot of questions for you today, but off the top, what have, what have you been up to lately? So on Black Friday, I finally bought my first gaming computer. Um, everything dude, I'm hyped for you. but the computer, it's... Dude, everything but the computer is here. I don't even think it's built yet. Got my monitor, my mics, my webcams will be here tomorrow. Um, so I'm just excited for that. Also, you got the whole thing um, set up. I got everything, bro. The hardest part is I know nothing about PCs as far as like what processor do I need? What um what kind of cables, all that. So I just had like a little group, small group of people. We all were like sharing links back and forth Friday night or no, this was Thursday night. This was on Thanksgiving still. And we were just like sharing links. Like, should I get this one? No, look at this one. If you get this, you need to grab that. So luckily I had that, um, GTX 1080. I got for $250 a year ago which was insane so pcs the fact that you can build them that's almost the way to go i mean everyone's you know pc it's you know master race whatever you got so many options you know what i mean like you're saying last year you bought that and you got a good deal on it now this year you, you can you can actually you know put the parts together it's like you're a little it's like your iron man you're building it's like you're just building a machine yep so like i'm pretty excited to actually like start understanding and learning like oh this just came out this is this much faster or whatever and like my monitor has a dp it, as well as hdmi and i didn't even know what that was oh okay so, okay i guess that's better i don't know i didn't even know it was a a thing mine i think that's what i'm using on mine because mine has both so <laughs> well like once we got the 1080 it's like can it get any better like it advanced so far until it's like I feel like at this point it's such minute stuff that like we the human eye can't even recognize it. Yeah, and I've I don't even know what the resolution of the human eye is, but what's crazy is I, I everybody's eyes different. And I love talking about resolution specifically because I'm a I'm like a resolution snob. I can tell the difference between 1080, 1440, 4K, 8K. Like I can actually very like distinctly tell the difference like if you show me something i could probably tell you what the resolution is you know behind me i have an oled tv that's 4k and that's what i have everything hooked up to because i used to have it connected to my monitor like you were saying for 1080 and I'm, i don't mind 1080 but i can really tell a difference so i like my next step is to get a 1440p monitor but i just i don't want to spend the money because I mean, I got a TV that does the job, but, but yeah, I started learning about all that once I started getting equipment and, and playing around, like playing around with audio quality, playing around with different like cameras. Like you said, you had a webcam. Well, I have one built my laptop that apparently doesn't yeah. work, but, um, 
Yeah, I got I bought two Logitech 920s's. Okay. Um, yeah. That's what I whatever, I think it's the S plus or something, whatever comes after the S. Pro. It's the Pro. S Pro. Yeah. I got two because for when I do like box breaks and sell packs on my streams, I want I wanted um an overhead shot of my hand so you can see me actually opening and then I want like one point at me so you can get my emotions and hypeness. So you you're doing unboxings? Uh yeah, I do unboxings. Uh now that the PC's ordered and we're getting this train moving, the game plan is to do like Nuzlocks and Soul Links on Pokemon and then Dude, have a Nuzlocke's live card shop. Way to go. And then just okay. have a live card shop. So like I'll have a menu up and you can just buy packs. That way people aren't just like I'm not relying on people buying packs and having to open them on my own dime when I don't have anyone buying them. And then on top of it too, I want to update the menu so I have a distribution plug so I can get packs for almost cost. I want to have not only Pokemon, but like the Naruto trading card game. I want to have a uh, white Schwartz just released star Wars tops also does star Wars. I want to have, and then like junk wax, like eighties and nineties, like super Mario brothers or Nintendo, like just kind of like cool trading cards so like even people that aren't into pokemon they'll have something that would be interesting even if they only really collect those be like well i love nintendo i'll open up these donkey kong packs or like uh they have like my little pony digimon dragon ball like there's so many that's different... awesome and yeah. like the 90s the 90s marvel trading cards they're sick i was like... i was just about to say for me obviously you know i love pokemon cards but the marvel cards i've really been into lately that's that's cool, you know that you're you got your you're getting your PC, you got the the two cameras coming. You're gonna start, you know, not just being a con- okay, being a content creator, which I have a lot of thoughts on that word, but like you're, I hate it. Yeah, yeah, I do too. It's cringe. And, I guess they have to give it a word, but it just sounds super like white privilege, like first world problems. It's, like, it, it just feels gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually have a good story about this if this is the topic we're on right now. Let's do it. Let's just go. Let's do it. So um I was talking to this girl on Facebook dating for like a month and she told me she does like Fortnite and Call of Duty streams. And she's and a stuff. content creator. <laughs> she literally said I'm a content creator. And wow. I was like, ah, I'm gonna overlook this just because I think she's attractive and she actually has like I don't know, a big turn off for me is when girls like don't have hobbies or passions and just kind of like exist like i like someone that's passionate and like has like goals or like it doesn't even have to be goal like motivated kind of i guess and like you know like their game plan she has a game plan yeah it's not even i I like the game plan thing but i just like when people have passion about stuff like i don't know i just think it's weird like when you're dating someone like you're so passionate about xyz and they're just like kind of there just like yeah but um anyways so like i don't know it was, it was kind of yeah it was just kind of one of them things i overlooked her saying that just for the time <laughs> being and um mistake the one day i'm driving to work and she she calls me and she's like freaking out like almost in tears and she's telling me that like instagram's messing up and apparently like a bunch including her a bunch of people got locked out of their accounts where it flagged it as a possible bot and she couldn't sign in or do anything and her account was in basically limbo 
and she had no way. Instagram said they resolved it. Hers wasn't resolved. So she's under the impression her Instagram's like going to be deactivated. And I'm trying to like talk her down. Like it's a bug. I'm sure they're going to fix it. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't upset yourself already because it didn't happen yet. Like worry about that. If it does happen, there's nothing you can do right now. Prior to this conversation, when she first told me she streamed, she was like, I got to get off. I got to stream. And I was like, word, go get the bag. Like, meaning like, yeah. I hope you kill it. And if you get money sick. <laughs> yeah. And she like freaks out on me saying, I don't get paid to do this. I get very little money. It's not the same even my income. Like, well, I'm like, I knew this as you were telling me, like, obviously you're not like Jeffrey star or anything, but I was just trying to be supportive. But so like, mind you, she snapped on me saying she makes no money off it. And it's just kind of like a hobby. And then when she's freaking out, I'm like, like you can work your way back up. It's not a big deal. Blah blah. blah. She's like, I'm losing followers by the day. I'm gonna lose my ad revenue. Blah. blah. I'm like, you j- you told me you didn't even make money off of this, and now you're acting like it's like your entire life is crumbling around. Needless yeah, to say, so- after that, I was gonna say, needless to say, after that conversation, I hung up on her. We've never talked again. Okay, that that brings brings me to this question. Do you think it was? Did you, do you think she actually had a passion for it or that she had a passion for the clout she got from it? Uh, she gave me very, like, entitled vibes. Okay. I don't know. I I think it was a mixture of both. I mean, I think she was passionate about it. Yeah, and I guess it's sad because I guess you're, you're, you're losing, I guess, the potential for what it could be before it even even starts i guess but you know when you're passionate about something it's just you're so wrapped up in it and i haven't i kind of have a problem with the content creator label because i feel like you're doing it like for the clout if you're considered a content creator because your whole success you know revolves around getting the views the clicks the watch time the subscribers the followers you know comments all of the algorithm you know, all of the metrics you have to hit. I mean, I, here's the rule I justify in my head. It's okay to be called a content creator. Don't call yourself a content creator. Yeah, that's true. Like if someone says, you know, I'm a content creator, I guess, you know, technically you're right because I am actually creating content, but I'm never going to self label, you know, what I do as I'm a content creator. I'd rather be a, a podcaster or you know a host or something like that because that's that's what i'm trying to do you know what i mean i'm not trying to do hey i need this for the views i need this for the whatever you know what i mean but that's that's interesting hearing about you know you trying to start that um because I, I know one thing that i used to love is is watching people on stream open up cards live because the hype you get from pulling out something crazy you know with everybody there that is I think what the high, you know, and the moments we're chasing more than the subscriber count or the viewer count. You know what I mean? To me, I think the make or break is the person's personality as well. Um, Mm -hmm. There's nothing more boring than just like a single Instagram reel or TikTok of someone just opening a pack and that's that. I mean, whether or not they pull the best card or not, if you're just boring with it and not emotional or passionate about it it definitely like 
it, I think it's what makes or breaks it. The, the very few amount of people that do watch me, they swear by like the entertainment portion. I'm funny. I mean, I've, I've done like nights where we streamed and I had to take a shot every single time a new person bought packs. Oh yeah. People love that. And did like a $20 donation for a shot. And I got pretty drunk on the internet. And I got like shirtless and like, it was insane. I was acting up like, oh, it's fun. I just, if it's not fun, then I know it's not entertaining. I just try to remind myself, like, would you watch this? Like as I'm, yeah. as I'm live or as I'm filming, I'm like, don't just make content to make it. You got to make it have a purpose and like either draw emotion or entertainment or like i think that's like the most i feel like everyone their mother wants to make content and like be a content creator i say that with air quotes but But how valuable is the exactly content and that that is the my whole you know what what do you want to call it my whole goal with this is is i want it to be valuable and it's funny before you joined i was actually on my youtube channel looking at some old videos I made because I have some old videos that have a good, a good amount of views, but I was, I was, I was passionate about what I did. And I, I look back and I'm like, I'm just not passionate about that anymore. You know, I don't want to do the streams and make the videos and all that. But what I want to do is get on here and talk and have some type of value in this. So when people hear it, they like it. And, you know, I'm going to skip down our doc a little bit because that's how I feel about a guy named Benji Sales. He is somebody on Twitter that everybody should follow if you're into games and movies. And his his name is at Benji Sales. That's it. And he says, I cover the video games industry with a focus on sales, data, social metrics, and business. Um, also gaming industry news in general. I, you know, I started following this guy, right? And he posts on Twitter the sales you know, metrics from games and and stuff like that. And I find that valuable. And one thing that I like doing is I love talking about the actual gaming industry, the, you know, the, the metrics of games, which is kind of going to be the topic of our show today. The biggest, but the buggiest launch in the history of exclusive video games, like ever. Ain't that the truth? We're going to get to that in a minute, but this is the Senate podcast you're going to find weekly episodes on all major platforms. And our biggest platform is actually, I just looked at it. It's, it's um, I believe, Apple Podcast. We're also on Spotify. We're on Google Podcast. A few other ones. Those are the main three, like, you know, podcast platforms, but also on YouTube. And on YouTube, we have two different shows, the Senate Podcast and then uh, live sessions with the High Council. I so gonna am have- the Senate <laughs> It's all pop culture related, you know, Star Wars reference, one of the biggest pop culture, you know, IPs. You want to hear a crazy fun fact? Yeah, hit me with it. Pokemon is the world's biggest IP. And I was, I was going to transition into that. You just, you just evolved, man. You literally just, you went from, you just went from stage one to stage two and we're going to get to stage three uh, as soon as, as soon as we level up a little bit more. So before we get into that, I'm going to throw it to you. Me? Give me something. Yeah, give me something you have been playing or watching, some some kind of content not related to Pokemon. 
because that is ninety percent of my consumption. Like you I said, got a good one. Biggest... I got oh, a good was... one since since uh, Thanksgiving, since my little mini vacation. I have watched nothing but Mighty Morphin Power Rangers season one. Oh man, yeah, we start the finish. That. I finished season one. I'm. I think I'm committing to at least going up until Wild Force, which is where I left off in life. So I really want to. The what inspired this is obviously the passing of the most iconic, uh, the most iconic figure of our generation, the Green Ranger Tommy. R.I.P. Pouring out some, yeah, some we got Diet Coke for him. Pour out my Celsius right here. Uh. Yeah, I left off, uh, I literally watched Power Rangers every morning up until almost high school. It was kind of like a, it was kind of like a secret. Where'd you leave off? You said, uh, Wild Force? Yeah, Wild Force. I believe it's Wild okay. Force. Um, um, I'm really interested in the, was it Super Samurai or something? Samurai. Oh yeah, that's the newer one. Um, I think it's like four ago, bro. They're still going off. Oh, you're actually right. Yeah, uh. They have, yeah, wow, there's a lot I didn't even realize. Never yeah, mind. They never stopped yeah, turning them out, bro. Uh, yeah, because su- the Samurai season is when they had the crazy uh, Ranger War where they all show up, and that was, uh, what's uh, what's Tommy's real name? David Lee something? or I forget. I, he's Tommy to me. Uh, let me I'm terrible up. with actor I'm, names. Uh uh jason david frank i knew that it's just yeah when you're alive it stuff just leaves your head yeah and it messes me up too because jason's the red ranger so it really confuses me yeah but um anyways that was that power ranger war episode it's like the finale they the samurai rangers have been fighting like five episodes and then they think they won they all morph down and then all of a sudden like all these dudes start pulling up on them and then out of nowhere literally every season of power rangers shows up every single one and uh tommy returns as the green ranger the tried and true green and it's one of the one of the best power ranger scenes ever it's very and now especially it's very powerful i mean he's he's him as the white ranger is one of my all-time favorite characters in all of like fiction I'm even going to go one step further and saying when he returned on the dinosaur season, Dino yeah, Thunder. He was maybe? the Black Ranger. Dino Thunder. Yeah. Nothing's yeah. cooler Legend. than an OG Ranger coming back yes. as a new Ranger. Uh, Jason did it as the Gold Ranger in Zeo. That was sick. Oh, the Gold Ranger in Zeo was such a cool design, too. Yeah. yeah it was his uh, Megazord was sick. His costume was sick. His powers were sick. I was a Jason fanboy growing up. I was always ride or die red. Me too. Um, yeah. But uh, now as an adult, the Green Ranger hits different, especially the episodes where he, he arrives and he goes evil and all that. Like even yeah. the acting for how bad and cringy Power Rangers acting is. It was it was really good. I mean, Power Rangers, really- it wouldn't have, you know, blew up like it was without him. So... Yeah, that was a completely new dynamic. Because, like, every episode yeah. is pretty much copy and paste. Like, it's the same thing. Yeah, Dude, I saw binging 60 episodes of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. 
I can't even tell you the amount of times I watched the cutscene of the Megazord transforming. Like <laughs> it's etched into my brain now. I left off at Dino because it was two after Wild Force. So there was Wild Force, Ninja Storm, Dino. So I think I think Dino's Thunder is probably my favorite, but man, Ninja Storm and Dino Thunder both I feel like they were just peak. I mean, they were so good. I mean, Dino Thunder's rated pretty high compared to all of them. It actually might be I, rated the highest. I watched a couple like Watch Mojo Power Ranger episodes, and uh, oh yeah, I don't know if you ever watched did watch Mojo on YouTube, but um, yeah, yeah, I love them. I think it was like top ten darkest scenes of Power Rangers or something, and Power Rangers RPM showed up a lot a season that I really knew nothing about or cared about. It's like the time traveling season. And apparently that's like the darkest season of power Rangers ever. Like there's a lot of the first okay, episode, yeah. the first episode, the red Ranger dies and the, the new red Ranger takes over the main character. Okay. So that's 2009. So yeah, that would have been, that was when I graduated. Yeah. That would have been after way after I stopped. I mean, I think I watched a little bit of jungle fury which was 2008 I'm looking at, but no RPM I'm reading it. It's in the near future. It looks like it's supposed to be a darker take, man. We gotta, we gotta binge power Rangers and have a full on power ranger episode. I would love that. I, I might, I might have to write that down. So besides power Rangers, um, anything else? Uh, it's literally been power Rangers and Pokemon. Awesome. <laughs> like a hundred percent. What a, what a throwback. Those are like, that's the nineties combo. Power Rangers Pokemon. You could say I refuse to grow up. That's fine. Hey, I, I I'm I'm watching Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, so I'm not I'm not that far behind you. That's on my list right now. It's it is so good because like we were talking about with value, it's 45 minutes long. Feels perfect length. Doesn't feel too short. Doesn't feel too long. Because usually I feel like specials are either they they miss or they hit and James, the way James Gunn does it, I won't, I won't spoil anything for you, but he's kind of hit or miss for me too. Agree. The basically carry over the same energy from the suicide squad, like the movie. Yeah. Carry over that same energy into guardians of the galaxy holiday special and put Kevin Bacon, Drax Mantis in there. It's it's really good. It's a really good special. Did you just say Kevin Bacon's in it? Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> he was all in the trailers. I didn't even bad. know. I didn't even know. I didn't even see the trailers, but That's uh, awesome. I know Werewolf by Midnight was really good, so I was actually really looking forward to this as well. Yeah, that's on my list. And that, that brings me to like the <laughs> the whole you know, the first episode we talked about the Marvel overload, like how about this Marvel calm down on the amount of movies you're putting out every year and just give us some better specials like this. I like black Panther, but I agree. It seems like it feels like the Marvel I do want takes forever and doesn't come out. And then all yeah. the Marvel I don't want, it's like every other one. Yeah. And, um, it's funny cause with, even with all of this Marvel, there's still like, I, you can't get away from it. I've been playing Marvel snap on my phone since the first episode, I've been talking about it. I mean, that that card game, it's it's like a simplified version of Yu-Gi-Oh! But with Marvel characters, it is, it's amazing. 
That game scares me because I know me. You're going to get addicted. Not, I don't have the time or money to get addicted to another thing. You're going to get addicted. The one good thing I'll say about that is it it doesn't let you get too addicted to it. Because there's there's a point where you, once you get through all of the like the daily missions and all the missions you can do, it's kind of almost pointless to really grind and spend money until more missions are available. So what I'll do is I'll log on and just completely just binge that game until I get all the missions done, and then I'll stop until more missions become available. So it's not like you're going to be you know wasting all of your time with it. And then last thing I'll, I'll I'll add in here is I've been playing Ultimate Alliance 3, the Marvel Switch exclusive. Love that game. I got it two weeks ago because I've been waiting, I feel like, years now for it to go on sale. And I got it for like $40, which is barely a sale. I, I'm a huge fan of the old Ultimate Alliance games. Same. I love the I love the style of it. Kind of the, not, not top down, but it's like that pulled back camera where you, you have four people on screen and you can switch from each one. I feel like that's a very like old style of game design. It's a very um, it's a very underrated series. I feel like it doesn't get the oh, attention yeah. it actually deserves. Yeah, yeah. And when they announced that the third one was going to be Switch exclusive, I mean, I get it. The Switch is huge, but the Switch is huge for its exclusives, obviously. But Ultimate Alliance—that's a when it, you you have the previous two games that were multi-platform. You got to put the third one on multi-platform. So I don't I don't know the the metrics or the, you know, the sales for ultimate Alliance three, but either way, great game locked behind hardware. I was going to say it, but I was going to say it's probably hurt them. If anything, I think so. I mean, that's, um, I guess exclusive, but it's like a second party relationship. The old games were third party. I'm, I was waiting for them to bring this third party, but Nintendo locked that down. So either way, having a great time with that Marvel, man, Never going to get away from them. Nope. Never. never have, never will. Never have, never will. And then a little series came along called Pokemon. Another series you're never going to get away from. And I have the receipts to prove it. Games Radar are reporting that, quote, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet had the biggest launch of any console exclusive ever. End quote. That's crazy. <laughs> We're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna explain to you how crazy this is right now. And what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna read this article. Not gonna take long. So let's just jump right into it. Quote: Nintendo has revealed some staggering Pokemon Scarlet and Violet sales figures, and it turns out the new installments had the biggest launch of any console exclusive game ever. In a press release, Nintendo revealed that it sold an eye-watering 10 million copies of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet globally within three days of their launch with 4 million of those units being sold in Japan. This is the highest number ever for global and domestic sales in the first three days after the release of software for all Nintendo game consoles, including Switch. Mind-boggling. It actually, that is though, it makes sense. It really does make sense with the trading card game boom of 2020. The, yeah. amount, of pe- the amount of our generation getting yeah. themselves back into the cards and as well as their kids. It's like a perfect storm. Plus the Arceus drop. It kind of actually yep. makes sense, but still mind boggling. Yeah. And it's, it's nice that you understand, you know, the broader appeal of Pokemon, because if you actually look, I, I should have pulled it up and had it in here. 
I've looked at the breakdown of sales across the franchise of Pokemon and it's insane. merchandise merchandise is by far the 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 biggest which I believe includes the cards and everything else. So as much money as this is making uh, you know the games like that doesn't even compare to the other you know aspects of the Pokemon IP. So the merchandise if you subtract the trading cards from it, I guarantee you it's even it that's it's, if it even yeah. is included. Um if you go to PokemonCenter.com right now, you can literally buy Christmas Pokemon Christmas ornaments, Pokemon yeah. apparel, sweaters. And I'm not talking yeah. about just t shirts and sweaters. They have like track pants and like dresses. Um, you can buy pins, you can buy hats, you can buy book bags, you can buy, um, kitchenware, like utensils and dining sets. And like, if you think about any object, pretty much that is a merchandise Pokemon has it right now. And their prices aren't the, aren't the cheapest either. Like we're talking about like $45 button up shirts or $700 plushes that are three foot tall. They're normal plushes that are kind of small on the spectrum of stuffed animal plushes are like thirty dollars a pop. Like oh, I will say though, will go crazy for them because it's Pokemon, and it's it is, and that's my biggest argument on why Pokemon will will like make it through the test of time. There is now over one thousand Pokemon. There is a Pokemon out there for every single person, and it's only going to get bigger. So to continue with this article, quote, as impressive as that is, it doesn't even paint the full picture. As industry analyst Benji Sales points out, Pokemon Scarlet and Violence launch broke a number of sales records. Not only is it the biggest Nintendo, Nintendo Switch and Pokemon launch ever, it is also the highest sales for any console exclusive launch in history. Quote from Benji Sales, there has never been a game ever released for any platform as an exclusive that has sold more than this in three days. We are literally looking at the biggest exclusive launch of all time. Insanity, end quote. So to continue with, uh, that, was, that was Benji Sales right there. So going back to Games Radar, for some context, Animal Crossing New Horizons, one of the best-selling Switch, Switch games to date, only sold 1.8 million copies over its first three days in Japan, while the more recent Splatoon 3 sold a whopping 3.45 million units in Japan during that same three-day launch window, for comparison. These historic sales fly in the face of growing criticism around the game's performance and visuals. GamesRadar's 3 out of 5 star Pokemon Scarlet and Violet review notes these performance issues and says, it's the most interesting Pokemon game in a long time, for better and worse. End quote. <laughs> so, for better and worse, what's your first impressions of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? Now, when they say for better or for worse, <laughs> quick sidebar. Yeah, interesting. Are they uh, are they talking phrase. about the fact that they're offering refunds and that's buggy, or are they saying because now they got a crazy hill to have to top again in the future? I read through their review and it was mostly talking about the pros, like the pros and cons um, reading off of games radar right now, the review by 
Joel Franny. Uh, the pros, open world is interesting. Uh, the music elevates the experience. Uh, terrestrializing adds an intriguing twist to combat. And then the cons are going to be the performance and graphics. The mechanics don't you know, flow v- extremely well together. And then the lack of focus and direction on the story. So that's kind of it's kind of just all in-game stuff. They weren't really referencing the you know future outside of, you know, the game impact and whatnot. Okay, I misheard you. I thought that was act- that was a quote from Pokémon. So that makes much more sense now. Like I thought Pokémon said for better or for worse, not the the critic. Oh, so the po- that's here's why the thing. Was- Pokémon's on a high right now. They don't care. They don't they could release the they could release a game like this that has, you know, and 64 graphics that runs at 15 frames per second, and they just sold 10 million copies. They don't – for them, it's only better. They have no worse. I I mean, as a business, they have to be on cloud nine. I, I mean, for the entire For the entire year of 2020, Pokemon cards were not on the shelf for more than like three hours, and that's being generous. Because most people were standing in line waiting for the distributor to come. So to have an entire year where you have sold out of the biggest like toy category item and then to release the biggest game ever is pretty insane. <laughs> like, and we're, uh, we're what, a week out? Uh, a little over a week out from launch. And that was – we're only talking about the first three days. I mean – now, I'll actually make an argument with one of those cons. I don't know if this is an appropriate time or if you want to get to it later. When it's no, about- we're, what we're going to do is we're giving our impressions. Um, we Neither of us, uh, disclaimer, we, have, we haven't finished the game. So we are just talking about everything we've experienced with our time in the game, which we're probably around the same time. So what we can do is let's just go through and um, give basically our pros and cons. Uh, I didn't like the comment about the N64 graphics. Okay. I, I feel like at times the graphics aren't good, but I would almost argue that they spent too much time trying to make it look pretty that the result is it doesn't flow as good and is so buggy. I agree. I don't think really graphics matter for Pokemon, if we're being honest. I will, say, I will, die, on this, I will die on this hill that I think pokemon's peak was when it was on the ds yeah uh, i think gen 4 uh, yeah. gen 4 soul silver platinum diamond pearl to to still be 2d bits but to have a little bit of movement to them i think that was perfect yeah and um just to you know you mentioned gen 4 i gotta jump in because that's where i started uh my pokemon journey man was pearl um so I, I obviously I have so much. Yeah, I was a, I was a late bloomer. I, here's the thing: I was into the cards before the before that. Um, oh, I was okay. into the anime. Okay. I was into the movies. You know, VHS of Pokemon, the first movie, all that. But when I actually got into the games, um, it was when Pearl came out, and that art style, perfect. If they if they still were in that art style, I'd be completely happy. So I think what's more important actually is the art style of Pokemon rather than the graphics. Um, which brings me to, you know, pretty much the same point is performance. I don't really care about performance in Pokemon. It's a turn-based game. I get running around the open world, 
is laggy. There are frame drops, but it's a turn. It's a turn-based game. Uh, it's more about strategy to me. It's not about you know the you know uh, second to second gameplay. Really, I mean, sure, it could be better, but does it affect? Does it really affect the game? Obviously not. Look at the uh, reception. I just feel like it's their most ambitious game next to Legends Arceus. And I just think they bit off a little more they could chew. It's a so, it's a co- yeah. copy and paste formula. You don't need to make it look like, I don't know, um, Skyrim or something. Like they, I feel like they were like, we need to up the ante and make this look like a real video game, not just a kid's Pokemon game. You want me to blow your mind about how ambitious this is? Do you know Send how it. big the team at Game Freak is? Uh, no. 50 people. That's insane. 50 people responsible for this game making 10 million in the first three days. Just do the math. And on top of that, they released three games this year. Four if you include Diamond and Pearl as two separate games. Uh, that is absolutely crazy. Now, um... I'm do- I'm fact checking myself in real time, uh, and it says that number of employees as of 2022 is 169. Now so I don't know triple 50, but 50 almost seemed like that's impossible. 160 even sounds impossible. Now here's the thing: I don't know if that's you got to think about it though. They could be split up into teams, like you said. They released um, three games this year. They so, do work in teams. I can confirm that. Yeah, so I'm trying to find the actual metrics of the team that made Scarlet and Violet. They have teams, and they move the developers around closer to release date. So, like, once once one's about to release, they move people to help finish it. And then once that game's done, that then frees up the rest of the guys to go split on amongst the other things. And I just think from Sword and Shield to... Uh, Diamond Pearl to Arceus to this just seems so ambitious. Now, that's granted, what I'm saying. Yes, yeah. Granted, now we are talking about all 3D games, but you had to think the decks. They the big remember the big um Sword and Shield complaint that they got rid of the national decks to to do a thousand 3D models and then all their attacks, their interactions, all that stuff is crazy. I mean, Grant, they don't do a national decks, but like even the 500 that's in every game is still a lot. I'm on uh, Wikipedia now looking at the development of Scarlet and Violet to try to find out the size of that team. Um, either way, 150 total uh, working on three to four games at a time. I mean, that's that, that explains the performance and graphical issues. And also explains, um, obviously, seeing how ambitious the game is, you're going to expect that there are some drawbacks like that. So those are um, obviously some of the cons are performance and graphics, of course. Is that affecting your enjoyment of the game at all? Uh, The only time it affects me is when the game actually crashes. Oh, yeah, tell me about that. So it's happened to me twice in the past 
48 hours. Saturday morning, it crashed on me. Luckily, it was like 10 minutes after I saved because I don't use autosave. And then last night, I grinded for like five hours, and I lost three hours of that because it crashed on me. That's devastating. And all I've noticed now, a trend out of the two times it crashed, both times is while it was like rendering. Like when you're on your... um. What's his name? Uh, Maridon. Yeah, Karidon or uh, whichever one you have. I have Violet. So mine's you have Violet. Maridon, Maridon yep. or whatever. Whenever I'm like cruising on him and like the the background starting to render to the next, because you can kind of tell where it renders to the next area. Like yeah, the pop frame drops and whatnot. Uh, it seems to happen every time that's happening in my game. Um, and now, just um, just to give you a heads up, it it works better in dock. And it works better if you restart your game every once in a while, especially if you're traveling from big city to big city. I always have it docked because the Pokemon are too small to be in handheld mode and I get frustrated. Okay. That's a whole nother rant I'll go on. But um, so it's always docked and the restarting I did not know was a thing. Yeah, so the docked, because the docked is going to upscale it to 1080p, which is going to cause a lot more performance and graphical issues because when it's uh, handheld, it's 720p, which is going to help with the, um, you know, the RAM and the processing. You know what? Um, the first time it crashed, it wasn't docked. So actually, oh, wow. yeah, I was handheld mood. And you know, that's, that's uh, crazy to me because I have not had a single issue with the game aside from frame drops. There was one time where a gold dock was like walking in midair, um, but that was it. I've never had a crash. I've never had anything weird happen. It's just frame drops for me. The, the craziest thing is I was in the same boat as you until literally the past 48 hours. The first time it crashed, it actually said it was going to send a, a notice to the manufacturer or something. came up with like an error screen. It was like, to try to resolve this issue, we will be sending out a notice. And I was like, whoa. Second time, it did not offer that. It just went black. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, this has been happening too many times to too many people. But but yeah, I agree with you. I, I wasn't having... The only issues I was having was frame drop and um, the NPCs going a little wonky, especially around like stairs. Some of the clips on Twitter I see of... of yeah, of, of NPCs... Not obeying the laws of what should be physics whatsoever. I saw one where like a fat dude walked in between the Pokemon battle, like through it. <laughs> like dude was battling another trainer and an NPC walked through the battlefield. I love it. But yeah, Absolutely and like stuff like that, I'm overlooking just because I love Pokemon and I'm so infatuated with the new, it's a new gen. So of course, like I'm like on cloud nine. It's that's not my problems. My problems is when it affects my gameplay, like crashing. Yeah. Or another problem I have is when I throw a Pokeball at a wild Pokemon to initiate the battle, if it like it doesn't freeze, but it it just feels super laggy. Like it takes forever for the battle screen to spawn. And um trainer battles, they also seem very laggy. Like I they, swear yeah. I, I yeah, want to time sluggish. it. I want to time it because it takes forever for the text boxes to show up and like, like I'll beat them and I'll be like, yay, I'm over it. And I think it's done because like, it looks like it's about to pan back into the game, but then like his dialogue box shows up and then he pays me. It's like a five second pause between it. It just seems 
Okay. Very, very like time restraining. Here's another thing that might help. Um, make sure that your save, uh, your, your uh, install location for the game is in your system memory and not an SD card. I don't even have an SD card in my Switch. Okay, so you know what you need to do? You need to just get Scarlet. I think that's the issue. I have both. I just am starting with Violet. I always always buy both every release. I'm going to at some point. I have Scarlet at the moment, but um, there's a lot of weird things going on with the game. But there's, like you said, it's a new gen. They added so many different things. So... From the top, the starters, man. Who, uh, which one did you pick versus which one do you think is the best one? Um, I mean, obviously, I'm going to pick the one that appeals to me the most. Okay, which? Uh, I picked... Uh, I'm trying to look up its name, so I don't... I still don't know the names of all of the the stages because they, they have some weird names in this one. I know. I'm, I'm looking up... I'm, I got my Pokédex up right now. To be prepared, Sprig- I'm going to look that up. Oh, Sprigatito. Sprigatito, yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, why'd you pick that one? Because, uh, th- honestly, third evolution was the most appealing. Uh, so I did the same exact thing. Uh, I, to me, it was Grass Incineroar. Um, I, not just I, that, but it, it definitely it, it looked the most appealing. Uh, but I do have a caveat to that. But. Well, so from what I hear, Spigarito is the most popular starter this gem between him and Fuecoco or whatever his name is and that brings me to my caveat i actually had someone trade me a uh, few coco so at this point in the game i have a the third evolution on my team of sprigatito and few coco i can't pronounce either of them really but <laughs> but few coco i actually really really love uh, few Coco's third evolution now that I'm using it and see it in the open world and everything. So I, I, I don't regret who I picked, but I, I think I'm leaning towards few Coco as my favorite, but the actual last caveat to this question is, um, I picked, uh, Sprigatito. I think I like few Coco the more, the most, uh, but the best I think is Quaxley in terms Hard of disagree. No, in terms of, I think in terms of stats and competitive oh, and that, that, I think He's definitely I, the better one. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't played around. I don't even have the Pokemon, but from everything I've seen, I feel like he might be, you know, technically the best if you want to put it that way. Uh, competitively, there we go. Uh, yeah, Quaxley is the best starter. Well, I believe the it. Third form. Yeah. Here's my problem. Quack, going into this, Quaxley was my favorite of the three. Okay. It's the final evolution that turned me away. They had no oh, Yeah, it's terrible. He, they gave him a dump truck. His booty's well, insane. It's <laughs> that, made you, that, that made you not want to pick him. Yeah, because I'm going to have to look at okay. it every time I throw him out in battle. <laughs> yeah. I ain't trying to have a duck butt in my face every... Every Pokemon battle. Well, it, the the evolution line doesn't even make sense to me. Uh, maybe I mean, it was me, like a blue duck with a pompadour, and they kind of stuck with it. So to throw this at you now, big question, but what's your favorite new Pokemon uh, for Gen 9 that isn't a returning uh, Mon? Um, I have one last thing with the starters before yeah, yeah. we get into that. So my... 
my starter fully evolved last night before my game crashed. Meow Scarada. It's supposed to be like Masquerade with Meow Scarade. Oh, okay. There we go. Meow Scarade. I honestly, this is the only final form that I, is appealing off the jump. I think Fue Coco's final evolution is starting to, starting to um, rub off on me a little bit. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what Meowscarada looks like, and you're never going to be able to unsee it again. Oh, okay. All right, I'm ready. So it's looked like they took Sprigarito and combined him with Will from Gold and Silver. The Elite Four psychic dude, Will. He has oh, like okay. that. Yeah. If you don't remember, pull it up. I'm pulling up now. Uh, it's a mix between him and Arcana from Yu-Gi-Oh. The guy that had the Dark Magician, the All Dark Dark Magician in Battle City. I'm typing it in now. The the stance, the the whole vibe and the stance. I, I it's the completely mask. See that it's the mask for me. Yeah. it's like this magician. It's like the I think it's like a Japanese kind of thing that magician mask because. Will kind of has it. He has kind of like the Jinx face, too. But especially Arcana, Meow Scarado looks just like them, in my opinion. And it appealed to me. I love Will. I love Arcana. I love the magic, uh, the magic, like, aspect of it. Yeah. And the second form has, like, a yo yo type thing. That yo yo I don't sick. even understand. Doesn't even make but, sense, but it's awesome. But with, so I haven't experienced the other two starters yet, but, uh, Meow Scarado got, her um signature move when she evolved flower trick such a great move like, it's broken it's broken bro absolutely broken it's insane you if you if you have the right setup with that move they're done they're done so it doesn't matter who they're done i'm trying to i'm in my summary because i'm trying to look at the the move, like I have the move set up, but it won't let me like read the definition of the moves. So I don't know why it's doing that, or why I can't access it. Rather, like you would think, it just says remember moves for here. I'll just say forget a move, just so I can see it. That's weird. They need to fix that in your main party. You should be able to read what each move does, unless I'm missing how to. You can't. Um, I think. Oh, I think the only way is if you go it. to summary. I, yeah, but I do, but it's not showing that. I have to like. You might have to click, click tab over to it. I have to say, forget a move to do it. But anyways, that's crazy. Flower trick: the user throws a rigged bouquet of flowers at the target. This attack never misses and always lands a crit. And the fact it has both 70. of those, insane. Which, like I, I could get always crit with like seventy five percent accuracy. Uh, so the fact that it's now 100% of the time for that move, that's like literally Urshifu in Sword and Shield, like the legendary. That was mm-hmm. the, the, the gimmick of his move was it always was a crit. Now your starter has a move that always has a crit. That is Are insane. the other two, are their special attacks the same way? No. So I know um, Fukoko's one, I'm looking at the name now. It is uh, Skelet, I can't even pronounce it, Skeledurge. Uh, whatever it is i don't know the base power off the top of my head but i know it increases your special attack every time you use the move so okay that's yeah still so the good. basically yeah basically the more you use it it's the more powerful the move becomes 
but it doesn't have the always always hit always crit aspect so that's i mean that's just insane insane um so new pokemon i'll actually start off with uh, a pokemon that i saw as soon as i saw it fell in love you know we saw a lot of you know leaks of pokemon and some crazy new pokemon like the two mega man looking pokemon uh cells uh Cerulege and armor rogue belly bolt uh Farigaraf, uh mabostiff you got grafi eye you got a lot of cool ones a lot of cool new ones a lot of cool paldean forms but i'll tell you my favorite one is dosh bun if that's how you pronounce it literally really? he is a wiener dog with that is made out of bread and he's a fairy that's it he just his model in game looks amazing and his moveset i actually love he does a lot of damage for a fairy type um you know obviously not the best fairy type ever but he his his ability is called perfectly baked body he does not take damage from fire types like he's just immune to fire well fire moves and it increases what does it increase? It increases his uh man, I need to go to Cerebi. Hold on. While you're thinking of uh yours. There's so many, there's so many new ones. So, Dashpun, his ability, well baked body. The Pokemon takes no damage when hit by fire type moves. Instead, its defense stat is sharply boosted. The type the type like matchups with the new Pokemon are insane very yeah they're interesting they're like this is like a competitive gen even with the terrestrialization put that aside and just the new pokemon they release it's very like if you're not up on your type advantages which i'm pretty good up until like my problem types are like psychic dark bug um, yeah me too and the... fairy i don't know why because they're hard to like equivalent like yeah obviously electric doesn't work with ground yeah like water puts out fire but then when you get into like psychic bug dark fairy i don't know it just confuses me someone told me a thing where it's like smart people are afraid of bugs so psychics but i feel like that's backwards i think bugs better than i don't know i'm gonna no, see i'm the same time, yeah i'm the same as you i don't really I, even though i like to play competitive i don't even have that memorized and I don't know. That's not the fun of the game for me. Is is I love competitive, but I dabbled I, in competitive, but like it's, it's dude, insane. It's, it is it is so in depth, especially now with adding a third type, which we can get into the terrestrializing here in a second. But just to correct myself uh, from earlier, the chance of having a crit is six point two five. Anyways, usually it's a six percent chance, and a crit times like multiplies your move by two. Yeah, I knew it was double. I knew a crit was double. So, what I'm assuming is it's well 70 base. Yeah, that so makes it, it does 140. It does 140 on top of the missed. stab, which is 1.5. So, add 35 to that. So that's <laughs> 175. And then if you tear a type, um, you, your Pokemon into a grass, that's gonna double the stab. So just take it times three. You're doing 210 damage with a never with a always. You know, a never miss move. So back to the topic, one favorite. Insane. Yeah, which so was... I'm I'm gonna give an honorable shout out 
to okay. the new regional forms that aren't regional forms. I love how like fourth wall the Pokédex entries are. Like for example, like with Wiglet, yeah. it says people think it's a it's a um Paul Day informed Diglett, but it's actually not related to it at all, even though it has similar character. Like, it's like it, it's aware. Yeah. But, like, I think even the uh, the Toro says it as well. Like, it says, like, it literally tells you, do not think it's a Paldean regional form. Think of it as a new Pokemon. It's just kind of cool how they did that. I like all of them. I like the the prehistoric and futuristic versions of the Pokemon. Yeah, I, I can't wait to get to that part. Yet. Yeah. Um, that could I be was, a whole episode. Just that I'm gonna, post-game stuff. I'm going to give my top three because okay. I think they can change depending on when I use them and how much I like them. But so far, top three. Number three is Finzen's final evolution that I haven't gotten yet. The Dolphin. The first yeah, Dolphin cool. Pokemon. That superhero ability looks nuts. Because when Finzen evolves, it becomes the same Pokemon but with a heart on its chest. And then if you swap it out and back in it becomes the hero form with like i think it's pseudo legendary stats if not legendary stats i it's actually like had no idea that was a thing it has insane stats like but you have to switch it out and back in again so that's like the problem because the fins in line has terrible stats originally and then it becomes like a insane pokemon i will be looking into that tonight <laughs> and we'll get on this topic the way you evolve fins in is annoying but we'll get on that because we'll we have a whole... We're going to get to that. Um, number two is uh, Tinkatuff and then what, Tinkaton. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Lull, big normal type Pokemon fan, but I think that stems from like in pink and white Pokemon. Like Miltank, Chansey, Blissey, um, Jiggly, Wigglytuff. Um, I, I don't know why, but I love that like normal fairy typing. So t uh, Tinkaton just does it for me. And I've been loving the memes about Tinkaton because its dex entry is it, it hits rocks in the air to, to like hit Corviknights. It's like his natural predator. So just to see this little pink gremlin gnome looking thing. Run around with a with giant a hammer. Giant hammer. And I know that it's hitting Corviknights out of the air with rocks is the best. The memes have been phenomenal. Um, And then number one favorite is, uh, is, um, What's his name? Uh, it's the primate that's the ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get there. Uh, it's a. Uh, it has such a great name. I, I know. I And I don't have one yet. So that's in. It's still ranked one, even though I haven't used it, just because I know I'm saving it for the, the, the end game. Give me one second. I'm, I'm a huge you. primate fan, but to make it ghost fighting is insane. Annihilate. Annihilate. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Honestly, that gets the. Your award for best name. Yeah. Annihilate. And the, the design looks phenomenal. I agree. I absolutely agree. But yeah, that's my top three. I I, I would um, say, you know, honorable mention King uh King yeah. Gambit, however you pronounce it. The the third evolution for um what's his name? Bisharp. Mm, yes, yeah. He's literally I like sitting all down, those, looks like a giant all those samurai. New evolutions. They're so oh, good. Dude. It's it's so good. Also, shout out to Belly Bolt, that electric. Oh, like, I haven't I haven't used him yet, dude. His amazing. ability is nuts. So his I his is like well baked body, right? 
I don't think so. His is, uh, I'm trying to look up the name right now. His is called uh, Electromorphosis. And anytime oh, okay. he takes damage, it boosts the next electric type move. It's basically charge, but instead of having to use the move, if you take damage. So it's a free charge every time you take damage. So oh, okay. your next yeah, electric yeah. move is, is that's what that means. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's insane. I He's love that. So I might, good. and I love electric types. One of my favorite typings. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to get him soon. I low key wish he wasn't pure electric. Like I wish he would have. But like, I'm glad they didn't just do like electric ground like every other frog. Yeah. Um, but I have him with um. I've been switching on the, for like, cause like, you know, like your, your held items, like there's like the competitive stack and then there's like, I'm just doing a playthrough. So as yes. I'm gathering my held items, they keep shifting around, but I was running shell bell on him. So every time I took damage, I boost my electric attacks, but then every time I dealt damage, you got I was more getting health. But now I got wise glasses on, so that charges this skin. He just one shots. He's, a, he's probably bro. a monster, dude. And is, especially, man. you know, here's the competitive. I, I try to look at it from how do I, how am I going to use him to destroy people? Yeah, bait bait people. Put in you know something that's weak to electric against an electric type. When they go to hit you, just swap. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. The so, the age old OG competitive yes, move. The the age old move. So. New moves, also new features in the game. What's uh, what's some of the uh, best new features? Um, definitely the quick heal. Yes. How convenient the um, I mean, I th how convenient the Pokemon centers are. You don't have to walk in a building, even though not being able to walk in a building to me is a con for the game itself. But we can get into that later. I kind of like the overall, like, operating system of it. Like, I know Sword and Shield, you could, like, access your boxes right there and, like... It feels better in this game, for whatever It does. Reason. It does feel better. I agree with that. I'm trying to think of anything else that are features that I like. Um, that's it for features. I have actually some complaints with some of the features. All right. What's the, some of the worst new features? I don't like the map. As in the layout that design? rotates, it like oh, it okay. uh, it rotates on you. And now, granted, I have Joy Condra, so it makes it my life living of hell. Of course, who do, who doesn't have uh, Joy <laughs> um, and I don't like. You said about going into buildings. Oh yeah, I don't like not going into buildings. Like I feel like that takes away the charm of the cities to where like they're almost not memorable. Yeah, and um, one one thing I was going to mention was actually not going in specifically to Pokemon centers to to heal your Pokemon, which I like because it saves time. But also, I feel like you know they added the TM shop there. They added Ooh, the um, yeah. the Pokemon. Nice. The Pokemon was in the Pokemon Center in Sword and Shield, so they did combine them like already, which yeah, much needed. So now, like they were like, okay, quality of life changes. Let's put the shop, the TM. Uh, the Poke Center and the Social Hub all together, which I I like the convenience of it, obviously. But like you were saying, now the towns feel more empty because that yep. was part of the charms of of the game. Uh, so I think the issue is development time. You know, give if they would have had another year to make maybe all the even buildings, six months. 
yeah, give them give them six six more months, Nintendo, or actually the Pokemon Company. Give them six more months to have them add stuff in, you know, in something interesting into those buildings to make the the game feel more lived in. Because you know what, it just feels like you're running around an environment that it's like a hollow. It's like a hollow yes. world. Yes. Um, because like before, it'd be like, oh, this is the city with yeah. the shopping center, or yes. oh, this is the sh- city with the um slot machines, or this is the, and like I'm like a completionist with Pokemon, where like to date, I still trek trash cans for like hidden items, <laughs> and like I go in every building because I need to make sure there's not like a trade or a free item or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, um, I will say though, you brought up the TMs. Love the TM mechanic in this game. So they're picking up the, uh, what are they called? The materials? Uh, yeah, the like the fur yes. sweat or slobber. Um, I was a huge fan with the way Arceus did the Pokédex, where it's not just you need to encounter or catch a Pokémon to complete the decks. You actually have to complete missions. I actually was a gigantic fan of that, especially with me wanting to 100% it to get the Shiny Charm. Um, I thought that was kind of like, even though it's like this daunting task I got to complete to get my charm, it was actually kind of felt like it felt, um, felt more rewarding. Yeah. Rewarding. And it felt like a, like a pretty like solid task to complete. And like, it was fun. Like some of them are a little grueling, but like some of them are like, you have to use X amount of moves or, um, do like a agile move. So like you could stack them and get like three out of one encounter or whatever, um i really so like to me it makes either catching or um what's the mechanic where you let your pokemon out and they just like beat everybody up the oh, let's go the let's go feature okay the let's go feature Which, Lo- great, i love that great love name it. but um so it actually gives you a reason to do it so you can like build tms or you can just trade them in for money so they uh incorporated that into now how you evolve certain pokemon i know you said that was one of you know, the features you weren't too fond of was, um, you know, now you have to actually, like, complete almost these uh, prerequisites before, like, in a different way than you had to before to evolve certain Pokemon. I like, was on um, more for for the Pokédex. Now, the evolutions oh, okay. are confusing. That's a con. How confusing and how much you need to know to even do it. Like, you have to look them up. So, now let me... Um, I was going to say, let me give you an example as I click on this link that uh, doesn't work. So, thanks, I got I one should've... off the top. Um, Finzen the Dolphin? Yes. You have to level him up at least level 38 in Union Square. So, you have to be online in order to evolve him. That's not okay. That's a like, whole topic for a completely separate episode, but that's that's shouldn't be a thing. That seems like a cash grab move almost. That seems like, um, you know, you are punishing the player because you want to force them to use some kind of online, you know, functionality that it doesn't matter if they want to use it or not. Yeah. And like, I have online, so it's whatever, but I would have never been able to figure that out naturally. So the example I was using, uh, was just going to use real quick is the King Gambit, uh, the one I mentioned before. Pa- uh, Pawnier evolves at level 52 in the Bisharp, right? Bisharp has to hold the leader's crest item and defeat three Bisharps, uh, three other Bisharps to evolve. 
Wow, so it's a hold item evolution, but instead of trading, they have to yes, you have to do three, a yeah, you have to do some kind of prerequisite or whatever. Yeah, that's defeat, crazy. Yeah. I and it, I, I don't know where it tells you that in game. It might, but I don't think half of these do. I unless you have to like because like you can't even talk to NPCs anymore. They just text Bob a bubble up, but um. Yeah, unless there's like a library where you can read the books on how, because like I remember with I think it's the Reggies in one of the gems, oh, you yeah. have to like get a whale, a whalemer, and like That's have a man of in, in your party. Um, there's all kinds of like. Well, they did puzzles. that back in uh, in Emerald. That's why I was saying that. Gen three. Yeah. You have to read Braille. So like, it's yeah. not like Pokemon hasn't done this before, but like that was for like secret legendaries. This is for yes. like every new pokemon or new form pokemon is like this yeah it, i don't know how i feel about it it's like it's like now you know we got the internet I and mean, we just hop on there it's just it's like you know if this game would have had play testers which it didn't i can tell you right now nobody tests this game aside from will it work if someone buys this game full price Someone I was actually yes, they thinking about that. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, they, they, I, you just put a giant yeah. smile on my face. I was thinking, I was like, did they even test this? No. Were they and testers? if they did, who was the guy that was like, well, this is good enough? I'm con- I will confidently say that this was not play tested, except for the fact that somebody had to literally put it in a switch to see if it turned on and worked to be able to... S- go gold and sell it aside from the very like going gold the prerequisites for going gold are are very very low like there's a low bar i can guarantee you that this was not play tested like at all but it kind of really does show you the power of pokemon that like yep. i feel like any uh, like most ips or like franchises they would have released a game this buggy i feel like there would have been oh, like, no. dire consequences how about this uh, Sonic Frontiers, right? Yeah, I heard. I heard mixed things about that game. Let me let me blow your mind for a second. How big was the team that made Sonic Frontiers? I couldn't tell you. It's fifty people. Wow. I'm getting this from uh, Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast. They were actually talking about it. Also, Retro Rebound. Look that up on YouTube. That's where I'm getting this information from. So blame him. Anyways, fifty people. That game. Uh, performance and graphically, I would say is better than Pokemon. However, Sonic Frontiers kind of got, um, even though it got some praise from Sonic fans, it got drugged through the mud uh, because of those graphic and performance issues. However, the same amount of people worked on Sonic, which was an ambitious game, that worked on Scarlet and Violet, which was also an ambitious game. But look at the power of Pokemon. Look at the sales for Scarlet and Violet versus the sales for Frontiers. I would love to know the metrics on the controversial Nintendo allowing a return on this game. I want to know how many people are actually returning it. You know, and and it's going to be interesting doing a retrospective on this game. And even, you know, you know, a month or two from now looking at, like you said, you know, how people are going to respond to this just the quality you know is it acceptable for nintendo to release this or not every like pretty serious pokemon fan that i've talked to about it has said they loved it i would say overall opinion i love it 
I can yeah. look past the bugs just because I love Pokemon so much. But I will say, like, I think your I think your um generic just gamer base or people that are like might have they might have a history of Pokemon, but they're not like crazy into it. I think they're gonna be the ones that return it but i still am not seeing a lot of people like saying they hate it so much that they need to return it i've seen people say that about sonic which in my opinion from what i've seen i haven't played it yet it is not this bad but i've seen people almost protesting sonic and praising pokemon so that goes to show you you know the basically the the whole topic and uh you know premise of this episode is what can Pokemon get away with because of its fame? Because of, you know, how many people love it. And they can get away with a lot. Uh, give give me kind of your synopsis of of the game and your, your t- you know, takes so far. With all the bugs we've talked about, uh, why, you know, why, why do you keep playing? Um, so actually, I actually, uh, I'm not crazy. I heard the story is kind of nuts at the end, which I don't, I haven't read spoilers, but I heard it's crazy so far. Like it's, it's Pokemon. So the beginning of the game, there's like zero to no story, but I will say the characters are surprised are a much bigger improvement than they have been. I would say since gen five, the character development has been going downhill. Um, Oh yeah. Alola was terrible. Yeah, Alola was starting the trend of like giving characters like almost no story. Like it wasn't terrible yet, and it's kind of interesting too because Gen Five was like peak story and character development with like Gesis and um Z or N, um, and it got like real dark and like real crazy, and then. Sun and Moon, there was like zero story, zero character development. Like Hop was so throwaway. Leon was kind of like the only character with a personality, and he was the champion. Yeah. But um, like your rival in this, the Goku of Pokemon, as she's been dubbed, she's cool. She's like romantically in love with battling you. It's crazy. I love it. Uh, it's Her, dude. The the story and the characters. I I honestly would be a lot harsher on this game if if there wasn't redeeming qualities like the three different stories even if they're you know not amazing they they're redeemed by great character development. Um also shout out to um the electric gym leader did you get to her yet? Yes, yeah, the Ion or whatever her name is. Um that gimmick she had was the funniest, most fun character plot any poke or gym leader rather that <laughs> yeah. any that of any like that she's a a content creator and like when you're going to battle her and you're talking it shows like her like um chat and the dude yeah, like donates and stuff three thousand dollars who are like that was the coolest gym ever. Well, the the gym test. Uh, I don't know how I even feel about them honestly. Because I like the traditional, you know, battle the, you know, the gym's lackeys and then face the gym leader, which is how the ghost gym is, which I so far is my favorite. But I think the the gym tests are really cool. Like, have you got to the normal gym yet? No, I uh, I'm on, I'm working on. I was at the water gym before my game crashed, so now I gotta get, work my way back up again. Okay the the normal gym leader 
is actually my favorite leader because he's just so like he's literally so basic and it fits the whole normal type and it's just it's something that it doesn't feel like he's basic because they didn't put time into it It he feels like he's it feels like he's so basic because they wanted him to feel that way and i love it because you got all of these crazy personalities and then you have the normal gym leader who is just extremely basic that's like they're like fourth walling like normal yes. type yeah they're like literally fourth walling the normal typing well like normally with like a normal po- like let's just look at like the first four or five gens usually it's like a handful of routes and then like lavender town or whatever yeah. that have like over the top boss but this one it's like every other one is crazy good it's and and that's the power of of Pokemon, I guess, because there's a lot. Like it doesn't matter about the performance or uh, qual or uh, graphics because they have so many, you know, redeeming qualities about it. Whether it's uh, music, whether it's uh, the legendaries or the new Pokemon, whether it's the storylines or the gimmick, because this has probably been the best gimmicks ever with the terrestrializing. All the open world aspects like in Arceus, the raids from Sword and Shield return and they have their own, you know, quality of life improvements too. So, I mean, there's so so much faster. That's what I'm saying. That was the the complaint from Sword and Shield. They were too slow. Um, I will say they could have edited down the terrestrialization and the catching scenes maybe like five seconds because the animation is like a movie. But it's like yeah. stuff like that. You made that look so clean and beautiful. Like you didn't need to make it that long or go that hard into it. And I feel like it's little things like that or like the texturing of the Pokemon when they're in a battle. They look so much better than they do in the outworld. Like, um, but you brought up terrestrialization and I do want to talk about that. And as like a segment into that, I was so happy to hear uh, one of my favorite things about Sword and Shield in the gym battles and like Elite Four and stuff is when they do like the boss V Max at the end. Yeah. And you start yeah, hearing yeah. the chanting with the music. When they brought that back with the terrestrialization yeah. in the gyms, I was so stoked. Because that or gets how, you yeah. so hyped. How about they stop the kind of stop the battle to play like a short like cutscene almost? Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times you've seen it. I can't remember with the first few gyms, but I know with the the ghost gym and the normal gym, especially the normal gym, like it, like he stops when he throws out his last Pokemon and he like invites the town into like the uh, the place where you're, you're battling and the whole town comes in and starts like cheering and it's like this whole cinematic as the final Pokemon's coming out. That's real cool actually. Yeah. Um, I just thought of this actually. Um in Sword and Shield, the final gym leader, I think his name's like Ryan. It's like Ryan, but smelled spelled funny or Rian or something. I can't but, remember. Um, he's like he's kind of like a a social media guy because he has the Rotom phone that like records yeah. them and it like cuts away to like the Rotom filming. It, I really yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, and I think that was kind of like the influence with uh, Ion, the electric gym leader. Um, I thought that was real fun. I would like to see. Like, it seems like with gym leaders in Pokemon games, like, their gimmicks always, like, how the gym's laid out. Like, I, like, I know, like, a lot of them were, like, puzzles or, like, there's rocks or water or, like, Stuff a you gotta move or, or climb around. Yeah, yeah, it's cool to see them giving them 
their gym leaders more personality outside of just how the gym's built. And the fact that um, I think you've you've noticed this too. You have like the almost the the building is like a reception area for the gym leader, but the gym leader kind of can choose how and where they want their gym to be. You know what I mean? It's not like the same gym in each town. It's like, yeah, you got the reception center almost, but where the gym leader wants their gym is kind of like up to them. And you can see that in their personality. Like the ghost gym is, it's this like stadium, like this rock stage. And the normal gym is like in a, like diner, like a restaurant. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of hidden. Like the bug one was up on this uh, kind of like terrace almost. Yup, yup. It gives it that personality. I agree. It's like it's like in certain ways they gave stuff a lot of personality, and and then other ways like removing going into buildings they took away. It's like they traded yeah. away some. Yeah, they traded it. Yeah, it's like you they traded this nostalgia for this um new feature or new new take you know what i mean i i there's this quote i love there are no solutions there's only trade-offs that's that you know what that's what this game feels like but yeah uh i i think i covered everything that i can think of off the top of my head at least so far uh i wish i had an opinion on like the end game and the end of the story but i'm just not there yet well me either i'm excited for it this is we, this has honestly been a banger, and I can't wait to edit it and put it out because this is this is so far my favorite episode. I feel like oh, that's going to be for every new episode, but but yeah, uh, this sense. this has been a banger. So what I'll do is I'll actually have you back for a post game. Word, that would be awesome, actually. Yeah, post game. Enjoy that. Um, so then we can give our like final thoughts on everything. Um, because now this is literally like our impressions, but I'll have you back for a post game review and. Uh, and all that so word I, i'm also totally down to do a power rangers episode big I, power rangers i'm series. actually because i was going to after you know he he passed i was like man i really want to go back and just put myself into that into that world again and you know like you know like you said i mean me going to school every morning i would turn on power rangers before i got on the bus so that's like a huge part of my my childhood too so let's do something like that so before we we head out though plug your plug your channels uh as of right now it's pretty much just facebook instagram and tiktok um i'll be launching youtube and possibly twitch once i get my computer up and running um still nice. i gotta i gotta suss it out because i don't plan on like having a rigorous stream um schedule i'd rather like stream once or twice a week and then make content out of that like edit it down for like a youtube video or like make shorts or reels or whatever make like um long form content like actual videos but depending on what makes more sense twitch or youtube um i'll definitely be on youtube though so but uh yeah it's chubbs cards and collectibles um you can see all my Facebook lives, all my like previous box breaks and all that on Facebook. Just with technology, with just using my iPhone to go live, that was like the easiest way for the time being. But that's about to change. So yeah, Trump's Cards nice. Collectibles. What I'll do is I'll actually I'll I'll put it in the description and um I'll link it. I'll I'll put links 
to that. And what I'll do is whenever you make the YouTube and Twitch and all that, I'll, I'll update. I'll put the links on there for that. Dude, that'd be sick. I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, dude, thank you for coming on. This has been, like I said, this has been a banger. So that's your, that's your uh, social and all that. So, you know, this is the Senate podcast. Uh, we have a link tree I'll put in the description too. So you can find us on whatever you need to. And also discord because discord is, is where we, we are at mostly. And that's where all of us that um, do the shows kind of talk about things and, and put topics out there, talk, theorize all that. So it'll all be down in the description. So uh, with that, you got anything else? My one last takeaway. Last takeaway. I want to do my Emperor Palpatine impression again. Oh, please do. That's honestly, that's, that's going to be a staple for the show. Everyone got to do their Palpatine. Yes, I support that. I am the Senate. Do it. I'm going to, you know what? We're going we're gonna to have some fun with this episode. Sick. Do it now. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you for having me on. This was fun. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you. So that's been uh, that's been episode five. Let's do it.